2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Swadonzo, touchdown, Oh, bad is that beautiful? Jurek McKinnon is a touchdown machine. Austin Eckler, touchdown makes the catch. Picked off by Darnell
5: Savage. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. Touchdown, Travis E.D.M. 62 yards. Marshawn Lattimore,
4: pick six. Happy New Year, baby. Making the catch is Mabry, who's just been activated today. The 49ers have won nine in a row. Kenny Pickett escaping pressure finds Harris. Pittsburgh is taking the lead.
6: The Giants will make it to the postseason. Nobody, and I mean nobody thought this Giants team could do that. Touchdowns half Bay. has three. But the Bucks win. Fire
4: the cannons. We're going to the playoffs.
3: We have three playoff spots still open. We have home field advantage and the number one overall seed also still open in both the NFC and the AFC. Coming up shortly, we are live in Cincinnati ahead of a Monday night game that will have a huge say in who gets it in the AFC. This is NFL Now on NFL Network from our newsroom in Los Angeles. My name is Andrew Siciliano. What a Week 17 we had. Week 18, hopefully, just as great. Happy New Year to you. Let's get some news right out of the gate here because the Philadelphia Eagles lost again yesterday. They failed. Tom Pellicero, Ian Rapoport to wrap up the number one overall seed and win the AFC East once again, Tom with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And now they look to Week 18, hoping, Tom, that Jalen Hurts can come back.
7: Who knew, Andrew, not having your MVP candidate quarterback does have an impact on the rest of your football team. The good news for the Eagles is yes, they do anticipate that Jalen Hurts will be available to them for Sunday's game against the Giants. He made significant strides last week. He got back into a practice setting. In fact, I was told Jalen Hurts was pushing to play this past week, but the organization's approach all along has been making sure that he is fully healthy with that sprained shoulder, the SC joint, before he gets back onto the field. This is not an injury that is going to require surgery. It required rest. He got about two weeks of it, and so at this time, with the number one seed still on the line, certainly sounds like Jalen Hurts will be in the lineup against New York. In other quarterback news, the Titans have named a starting quarterback for Saturday's AFC South title game against the Jaguars. And it is Josh Dobbs who made his first NFL start last week against the Cowboys. Acquitted himself well overall, 20 completions, about 230 passing yards. Not huge numbers, but consider this. Malik Willis, in his three starts this season, has only thrown for about 230 yards Total. That balance gave them a little something extra, and really Dobbs' numbers and maybe even the result of that game could have been different if he hadn't been the victim of some drop passes by his receiver group. So Malik Willis will now back up Dobbs, who just a couple weeks ago was on the Lions practice squad, had no relationship with anybody on the staff. The Titans needed somebody after Ryan Tannehill hurt his ankle, and they lost Logan Woodside to the Falcons' active roster. They settled on Dobbs, and now he's starting a win-or-go-home for them game up for them on Saturday night. It's amazing
3: because the Titans cannot get in as a wild card. The Jaguars, if they were to lose this game in Tennessee Saturday night, wins the AFC South. The Jaguars still have a shot. At the seventh seed. If everyone else loses, they could get in as a wild card. But Josh Dobbs signed twelve days ago. He signed the Wednesday before Christmas. He's already started one game, and now he's named as the starter for the AFC South title game on Saturday night. It's it's truly amazing. Let's get to the Dolphins here, Ian. They no longer Um, control their own fate, so to speak. They now need to win and have the Patriots lose, and now they have a really big quarterback question week 18.
8: Yeah, all sorts of quarterback questions for the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with the quarterback who played yesterday, started yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater suffered a dislocated pinky on his throwing hand. You can see why it was an injury that was painful enough and Uh, just really not functional enough to let him get out there and finish the game. He tried, tried to wrap it up, tried to do all sorts of things, could not finish it up, ended up being on the sideline with Skylar Thompson finishing the eventual loss to the Patriots. We'll see about Bridgewater's status going forward. Still getting imaging and other scans to see if there is something broken. They hope not, but we will see. Uh, Plus, of course, Tua Tagovailoa is still in the NFL's concussion protocol day-to-day on his status and no word yet on whether or not he will play or whether or not he will exit the protocol. Meanwhile, in more quarterback news, Nick Foles, who we last saw yesterday laying on the turf while Kayvon Thibodeau did snow angels, despite the fact that there was actually no snow, was ruled out for this weekend for the Indianapolis coach, which means Sam Ellinger is going to start once again. Nothing broken for Foles, but in the words of Jeff Satter, he is very sore, so he will not play in the finale.
3: Okay, so Matt Ryan will back up Sam Ellinger. Week 18 for the Indianapolis Colts, who will soon be looking for a new head coach. Jeff, Saturday is there on an interim basis here. Tom, a week from today, Ian as well. All of us will be here inevitably talking about more coaching changes. In Arizona, the Cardinals are 4-12, and only in the NFC, the Bears have a worse record. What is Cliff Kingsbury's status?
7: Well, Andrew, I would certainly say it's fair to say there's mounting speculation within league circles that Cliff Kingsbury could be out after this disappointing fourth season. But entering this past weekend's game, owner Michael Bidwell had not informed Kingsbury of any decision. Uh, Bidwell has kept this pretty close to the vest in terms of what his plans are going to be moving forward here. And there are some complicating factors in Arizona as well. General Manager Steve Kime remains on a health-related leave of absence. It's unclear when or if if he will ever actually return to the GM job. And also, the quarterback, Kyler Murray, tore his ACL a few weeks ago. There's no certainty that he will even be ready to start the 2023 season. So there are a lot of moving parts. Certainly, you would anticipate that any owner, considering making a change, is trying to figure out is there an upgrade out there over the coach that we have in place, Ian? With Cliff Kingsbury, they got better from year one to year two to year three with him and Kyler Murray together. It's obviously gone the opposite direction, six consecutive losses, albeit amidst a lot of trying circumstances, including Murray's injury.
8: Yeah, and the trying circumstances really should play into this decision for Michael Bidwell, and to reiterate what you mentioned, it does not seem like any sort of decision has been communicated to anyone in the building. They're still going about their jobs as if they are going to continue them, and that. Really, it should be the way things go until an owner makes a firm decision. But you had general manager Steve Keim, whose status obviously changed on a health-related leave of absence. Very, very, very difficult in the building there just to maintain uh, work as usual was, was not the kind of working environment that anybody would want. How much did that play into the record? How much does Kyle Murray's injury going forward play into it? A lot of questions need to be asked before Michael Bidwell makes a firm decision on Cliff Kingsbury this season.
3: A couple of weeks ago, Cliff Kingsbury was asked by a local reporter who was leading into the question by saying, Cliff, you've been a head coach about, what, 10 years now? And it is 10. And Cliff cut him off and said, feels like 100. And you have to wonder, does yeah. Cliff Kingsbury want to be back as head coach? But he did sign a nice new contract in the offseason which certainly changes the math here. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pellicero, thank you both. Let's get back to the Dolphins and the Patriots. We mentioned that game yesterday. You now know that the Patriots won it. They control their playoff fate week 18. It all turned here in the third quarter when Teddy Bridgewater gets picked six by Kyle Duggar. But really the impact is the tackle that Teddy attempts right there. His head snapped back. He's okay. Concussion not an issue here, but his hand was banged up, and now he is very much a question mark. The Patriots, I mean, they have their offensive question marks, but Jacoby Myers gets a touchdown here. They win. Here's Kyle Duggar with Mike Giardi.
9: You guys have talked all year long about just trying to stay in the fight, stay in the fight. You did it again today. Just talk about the
6: resiliency of this group. Uh, it's everything. Uh, we know what we got to do. We know what's important, and we know we got to stick, stick in every game, and, they stay in there like you just said, so, you know, they, they did an outstanding job. Take me
9: through the interception because that was really the turning point in the game.
6: Uh, just reading the quarterback. Reading the quarterback's eyes, I don't think he saw me coming from the, the other side, so I was just able to get my hands on it get to the end zone. Three touchdowns now. You're going to start campaigning to play offense? Uh, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going I'm I'm to play defense. Hey, turn
3: on Kyle Duggar's Lenore Ryan. Yes, he went to a, an institution named Lenore Ryan. Google it. Yeah, he was dangerous any time he caught the football. The Patriots could be dangerous with their defense as well. They are the seventh seed, and they are winning in in Week 18. If they stumble, then the Dolphins can get in. The Steelers and the Titans also have other scenarios for the Titans. Obviously, clear shot is win the division. Only shot is win the division. Mike Giardi, Judy Batista with me now. Mike, start with you. Talking to Kyle Duggar there. The defense did its job. Has the offense done enough? here to to maybe allay some of the the fears you're laughing I guess not
9: well I mean so 27 touchdowns from the offense in 16 games this year Andrew that's 1.7 touchdowns per game that's not enough in the National Football League thankfully the defense has scored a bunch as we've mentioned that sort of helped them push them over the 20 points per game mark but they need more but I will say this when they absolutely positively had to have in the game yesterday I thought they had their best drive of the entire season up 16, 14, 11 plays, 89 yards, over five minutes on the clock. A couple of huge third down completions from Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers. Also a pass interference that Myers threw on a well-thrown ball by Jones. And I thought he was in command on that drive. Changed a couple plays. Just looked really efficient, looked really comfortable. And to me, it's also being in sync with the play calling. I thought there was some coordination there there. That look better than it has for a better part of the year. And then when you get down to the goal line, understanding that uh, Riley is out there on an Island with Jacoby Myers, somebody screwed up for the dolphins. And he said, we're changing the play as David Andrews, the center said, I snapped the ball. I had no idea that was what was going to happen, but indeed it does the touchdown catch from Myers, who by the way, did get banged up on the play. Something to keep in mind as we go forward. But I thought there was a good amount of control there. And I, the vibe coming off the field, as I'm standing there after interviewing Duggar and seeing Matt Patricia and Mac Jones go off the field together, big smiles on their faces. It's been a trying season, but they put themselves in a position where one win gets them in or some help gets them in. But I think they built a little confidence yesterday. I'm curious to see if it carries over in Buffalo next weekend. And maybe
3: something there between Mac Jones and and Matt Patricia that can work moving forward. You have to coordinate, as, as somebody once said. Yes. Um, Judy, the Dolphins have to figure out their quarterback situation. It's fascinating how Week 18 or the playoffs and the offseason, how it's all kind of linked together here with big decisions coming in the offseason. They win three in a row, they lose three in a row, they win five in a row, and now they lose five in a row, and now they need help.
1: Well, it actually goes all the way back to last offseason. When you build a roster that has a lot of great players, but great players who have injury histories, unfortunately, it all came together uh, yesterday, for the Miami Dolphins, lots of injured players not playing, and the ones who were playing like Teddy Bridgewater um, got injured again. so yes, obviously, the most pressing question is who 's going to play quarterback um, if that was a somewhat encouraging report from Ian and Tom about uh, potentially teddy 's availability that they don 't believe that the finger is broken, so maybe he can go, but certainly you would think that might affect his ability. To throw accurately. Uh, Mike G. already mentioned this uh, when we spoke about a half hour ago, and that was somehow, no matter who the quarterback is, they got to figure out a way to get the ball in the hands of their most dynamic playmakers, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. They didn't really do it much yesterday. They were held to their fewest combined yards since week five. Um, Nobody expects if it's Teddy Bridgewater to go downfield with those big passes the way Tua can do. But they do need to get the ball into their hands and let them create something. They had no explosion like that. They were taking all of those short check down uh, passes. That was working for them. But, of course, they weren't able to roll up the points that they needed. So, Lots of things to see as the week progresses. If Teddy can go, if not, uh, we will see the third string quarterback again. It it is a very tough go for the Miami Dolphins. But again, they have a relatively easy path still to the playoffs.
3: It would be Skylar Thompson potentially here against Mike White, but the Jets are eliminated. It's fascinating here. The Dolphins, by the way, that losing streak, they're the Second team in the last seven seasons to follow a five-game win streak with a five-game losing streak. You know the other one was? Last year was the Dolphins. Ooh. Judy Batista, Mike Giardi, and hats off to Adrian and Research for that great note. Broncos and Chiefs here. Jerry Rossberg making his interim head coaching debut. 67 years old, finally gets his shot here. And look, Russell Wilson and the Broncos made some plays. They made this game interesting, as they did in Week 14. But this interception in the fourth quarter by Legarius Sneed would lead to Patrick Mahomes hitting Jarek McKinnon, who continues his touchdown splurge the second half of the season. and The Chiefs win again. It was a close one, but they have a shot at number one.
4: I mean, just the fact that we battled through, I mean, the team, the defense played their tell off. We put them in a lot of bad situations and they kept making stops, especially in that second half. Um, I thought the the O-line played well. I thought the receivers and tight ends played well. And I I just got to be better at putting the ball on them in good spots. I feel like I didn't play at the top of my game today. Um, And I thought the guys around me stepped up. So, I mean, that's the best thing I took from it, was I'm not always going to have my best best stuff and when guys around me step up and we can still win football games, it's a good sign.
5: You we got to him 'em I'm a fighter I been holding it down wanna go down pound I got here we go here we go, here we go. I've been for
4: some competition. If you
2: Bills are going to win the AFC East. Cincinnati, seventh win in a row. Come on, let's go! I came to
7: win.
3: Yeah, this game is big. This game is on paper as good a Monday night game as we have had since the 70s when they started Monday night football. And the Browns played the Jets in Cleveland. Week number one of Monday Night Football, it's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, it's a battle of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, it's Cam Wolf getting great weather in Cincinnati. Cam, let's talk about these quarterbacks. Let's talk about Burrow, who after that slow start, they're 0-2 and
5: the sky is falling, has turned it on. What are they saying about him there in Cincinnati? Yeah, this Bengals offense is taken off because of Joe Burrow's command at the line of scrimmage, but also his ability to make quicker decisions with his offensive line. But the overwhelming trait when I talk to people here is Joe Burrow's mentality. And Bengals center Ted Karras told me, look, Joe is very level-headed, but he's a killer inside. So much so that in pregame workouts, I do my handshake with him, take a few snaps, and then I get out of the way. I do not want to bother that guy. But during the week in the locker room, we play a card game called talk. And Burrow usually wins, but I won this week, and he was not happy about it. And also, another nugget from Karis, who spent four years with Tom Brady in New England, now nine months with Burrow, he said, Burrow's not on Tom's level of stardom yet, but he will be. And two things that stand out on both of them is their urgency and rapport with everyone inside the building. And as I mentioned at the top, one thing to watch today, how Burrow gets the ball out of his hands quickly and takes those checkdowns is something he's been really proficient on, particularly since the mid-level of the season and so sacks have gone down offensive production has gone up they'll need that a lot today with right tackle Lyle Collins out and the Buffalo wants to take advantage of that absolutely Lyle Collins ACL he is not coming back this year
3: meantime let's talk nice things about the other quarterback Josh Allen I mean the numbers are off the chart I think the numbers obviously tell a story also the fact that when you turn on the tape all the guys doing is taking the
5: team on his back Cam Josh Allen's special quarterback, I spoke with some Bengals players and coaches this week who told me, look, this guy is similar to Patrick Mahomes and how he extends plays and looks downfield at all times. One Bengals player told me he's the best in the league in backyard football, creating those plays off of broken plays. And so what do you do about that? Well, their motto this week in meeting rooms has been to minimize the damage. Give up yards, but not points. And one thing about Allen is he breaks game plans. One matchup that I would circle today is Allen and Bengals linebacker Logan Wilson. They were teammates at the University of Wyoming. And Wilson told me this week, look, I was not allowed to hit him in Wyoming. He was off limits, but I've been looking forward to this game since the schedule came out. And Allen's ability with his legs is something Bengals have talked about all week. Wilson said, I heard Allen say in the media this week that he'll slide instead of leaping or trucking me. Those are all mind games. When we're on the field, we're gonna be ready to play. And one more thing to watch here, Andrew, Very warm in Cincinnati today. It's in the 60s, should be 50s all the way up into game day. But around 11 o'clock, there's a heavy chance of rain in the forecast. And so fourth quarter, we may have a little bit of a different temperature and uh, acclimate change that the players have to deal with. Interesting
3: here. Also looking at the top of the standings here. Buffalo two wins, and you get the number one overall seed. If the Bengals can win tonight and win next week and KC loses next week, then that building where Cam Wolf stands right now uh, will be home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. Thank you, Cam. Huge Monday night game. Playoffs are not on the line in Denver, Ian. The Broncos were eliminated a couple of weeks ago. Nathaniel Hackett has been fired. They're 0-1 with Jerry Rosberg. And now, evidently, Jim Harbaugh has entered the chat.
8: Yeah, Jim Harbaugh seems like he's been in the chat for the Denver Broncos, maybe for the Indianapolis Colts. It seems this is something I've reported with Uh, my good friend and colleague Tom Pellissero, who's right over there, Uh, that NFL teams are kind of taking the temperature of Jim Harbaugh, and it doesn't seem like those temperatures have been entirely rebuffed. We'll see how much interest Harbaugh actually for real has uh, in the NFL. I know this is something he's kind of danced with over the past couple years. Last year at an interview with the Minnesota Vikings, did not go great, obviously, uh, but maybe back in the same spot. And it does seem, Tom, the Denver Broncos want to swing big, There's some other big names out there, but Harbaugh would definitely be one of them.
7: Sean Payton and Dan Quinn also on the list, expected to be among the top targets for the Broncos, but Jim Harbaugh is intriguing for a lot of different reasons. He has won every place he's been. Of course, that includes that stint with the 49ers where they got to three NFC title games and a Super Bowl in Harbaugh's four seasons there. He's got the natural connection to Indianapolis where, of course, he's in their ring of honor as a player. And for the Broncos, there are some connections there too, including the fact that the member of the Broncos ownership group, Condoleezza Rice, who's also going to be part of their search committee, has deep ties at Stanford, which is where Harbaugh was coaching prior to his first stint in the NFL, Andrew Colts
3: finished their game yesterday with Sam Ellinger wearing a Jim Harbaugh jersey, and they were losing yet again. Thank you, Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport. Coming up next, that Aaron Rodgers jersey looks right, looks pretty good right now. Ten's not on the field, twelve is, and they're winning, and they control their own playoff destiny, whatever that's worth. The Green Bay story coming up next.
1: I think Kobe and everybody in are prime, Kobe would win a one
4: on one
0: concept. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like
4: you see him in the
1: exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that,
4: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember mean, you came out from crying tears, <laughs> t-
9: I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
3: what you know? I
4: told you? I said, I
0: said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? he didn't mean it. Ain't <laughs>
2: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot slash iHeart.
3: All right, didn't you used to be a team that was out of it and Jordan Love was going to have to play? Yeah, that's no longer the narrative here for the Green Bay Packers who continue to win. They've won four in a row. They did it with special teams yesterday. They did it with defense yesterday. Here's a Darnell Savage pick six. He had a convoy, a 75-yard Darnell Savage touchdown. They get a kick return touchdown by Keyshawn Nixon, a pick six in the same game for the first time since 1967 and Aaron Rodgers is doing this he's got a run game he's finding Robert Tunyon there winning and now if you believe in destiny Aaron do you believe in destiny you control your own destiny
10: 41-17 I know not many people in that locker room and definitely not many of you people uh, believe we'd be sitting here at eight and eight with control our own destiny going into week 18 pretty special I definitely had faith. I was gonna go down uh, scrapping for sure. I do believe in the power of uh, manifestation, and uh, I do believe in momentum. I believe of the I believe strongly in the force of the mind. And when you start to believe something strongly that some miraculous things can happen. the fact that we came back from four and eight and put ourselves in a position to make the playoffs is pretty special. Now I believe that a lot has happened in our favor. That's pretty obvious. Um, Every game that needed to go our way just about went our way, including uh, a shout-out to AVP and the Browns today, you know, with a big win in Washington. I was definitely watching it uh, in the back uh, equipment room. Cheering along the Browns, we're becoming a more dangerous team, and I, you know, we've all seen some of the uh, commentary outside as we went from four and eight to five and eight to six and eight, and nobody's worried about the Packers and blah 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 blah. Uh, now, what are you gonna say?
3: Honestly, I could do an hour deconstructing that. I really think we should. Here's the NFC playoff picture. The only two teams locked into their spots right now, the Niners. A uh, bigger part, the Bucks and the Giants. The Bucks are the four seed, the Giants are the six seed. That can't change. Everything else can change, including the Packers winning and getting in. They beat the Lions. They are in. Tom Pelissero was there at Lambeau. Mark Ross with me as well. Packers have won four in a row. They've silenced their doubters. Tom, for a while there, it sounded like Kevin Costner's speech as Crash Davis and Bull Durham. He wants the constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. He believes in in everything he says he believes in how are they here
7: it's a great question, Andrew. I think a lot of the credit goes not just to Aaron Rodgers and the guys in that locker room, but also to Coach Matt LaFleur, who was answering questions a month ago about when he was going to sit Aaron Rodgers down. Should they be turning to Jordan Love? Rodgers is beat up. What's wrong with the offense? Certainly what's wrong with the defense? And LaFleur just kind of pushed through and encouraged the other guys to attack it as well. It got going around the time of that first game against the Bears, of course, where they went to Chicago and won before their very late Week 14 bye. I talked to Alan Lazard last week, and he said that buy, when it came, was a really big rejuvenation. For everybody in the building, so they needed to get healthy. They had been beat up, particularly along the offensive line. One of the few times yesterday, they actually had David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins playing together up front. You saw them run the ball right down the throats of that Vikings defense there, and they've kept it together as a group amidst difficult circumstances. Now, one game to win it and uh, knock off the Lions, get into the postseason. Yep, and that
3: I'm going to guess is the Sunday night game. We don't know for certain. That'll be announced a little bit later today game 272 as it will be in the regular season mark the other side of this is the vikings can no longer get to the one seed the vikings have had so many doubters and so many critics all year long and yesterday they started well i mean they had the fake i mean the block punt they get in the end zone everyone's happy and then seemingly they they prove the doubters right
6: the you Peoples, as Aaron Rodgers would call, the doubters. So, yes, the Vikings team with the 11 wins by one score. But all season long, we're talking about, is this team legit? Are they for real? Well, and when they got to Buffalo and got to 8-1, when they we went to Buffalo and beat Buffalo, it was, yes, finally, yes, they are legit. Well, remember, the next week, then they went and got the doors blown off by Dallas, and they looked bad. They fell apart. Since that, they've been 4-3. and three. So they've been kind of regressed to the mean of, really what most people thought, almost a 500 team. And then when you go and have a performance like that yesterday where they look bad in all phases, started out with the block punt, yes, the Vikings are going to start strong. Well, it was all downhill from there. Gave up the kick, return, touchdown, pick sixes, four turnovers, penalties at inopportune times, and they just look like a bad football team in all phases. So where do the Vikings go from here? Can they get back? And get back to the team that beat Buffalo miraculously but still a win or are they is, are they this team that has got completely blown out every team's going to lose but they have looked spectacularly bad when they've had these two losses against Buffalo and Green Bay so where what team is going to show up the rest of the way
3: The Eagles have dropped two in a row the Vikings dropped an ugly one yesterday 49ers keep on winning we'll get to them in a little bit NFC top of it is fascinating thank you Mark thank you Tom.
2: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.
3: So there was a point yesterday where it looked as if Tom Brady and the Buccaneers would not win the NFC South. That they would be fighting for a wild card. That they, that they would just have a horrible end to their season. They're down 14 to nothing. Then they're down 21 to 10. And it's all Brady and Mike Evans in the third and fourth quarters here. Mike Evans had over 200 yards receiving three touchdowns. Tom Brady, 432 yards passing. It's it's an 11th career game with over 403 touchdowns. And hey, look, they won the division again. They rally and beat the Panthers 30-24. What a day from Mike Evans. Here he is with Sarah
7: Walsh.
9: It just makes it all worth it.
7: You know, the ball hasn't been bouncing our way this year. Penalties, being undisciplined, guys getting injured, losing games that we should win. And it feels really good to you know, po- punch our ticket to the postseason. I feel like we play better when our backs are against the wall.
11: It feels like that has been that scenario for mm-hmm. most of this year, too. Today, though, the deep ball for you, for Brady, three touchdowns, a monster game, 207 yards. What was the difference for you guys on that connection?
7: Tom was giving me a lot of opportunities, and he just kept telling me, I'm going to keep coming to you. And uh, you know, I, ran, I ran some good routes, and he threw some unbelievable passes, and uh, they hit me right in the, the bread basket, and I...
3: That's it. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win back to back division titles for the first time in franchise history and they are locked in as the four seed. They're not moving. They are the four seed and they will host whichever team doesn't win the NFC East. Right now it's the Cowboys, and all likelihood the Cowboys, right? If the Eagles were to stumble somehow, then Philadelphia would fall down to that five seed. Sarah Walsh there talking to Mike Evans. We're in the old school Jordan jersey, now with us live in Tampa, and Mark Ross as well. Sarah, I, I know we've, we've said so many times in our conversations, well, we say this every week, so here's another one. We say this every week. If the Buccaneers can just bottle like a couple of minutes of offense here that they put together in the second half, then they can keep on winning. Do they think they can do that?
11: Here's why they think that they can do that. There has been this sense all season long, if they could just get on the same page, if they could just hang on to get into the postseason and then get guys healthy, that maybe just maybe this Bucks team can make the runs we've seen them make before. And here's why you have reason for optimism. They put up 30 points yesterday. We haven't seen that since week four. They've only done it twice this year, but man, it looked real easy between Brady and Evans and even Brady and Godwin yesterday. And then you look at his offensive line. And some of the reason that Todd Bowles said that he was able to hit Mike Evans is because he had time to let things develop downfield. Well, Tristan Worth, their Pro Bowler offensive lineman, he's been battling through injuries. He was out there. He left the field singing yesterday. He's back. Donovan Smith was back. And then the biggest piece to perhaps this puzzle on the offensive line that has troubled the Buccaneers is their center, Brian Jensen, the Pro Bowler, who went down. On day two of training camp practice, came back last week and just started practicing. It was thought he was going to be lost for the year. And then there's been this sense of, hold on, maybe if there's a playoff run, we can get him back. Todd Bowles was asked just a little while ago today, if there's a chance you see Jensen next week against the Falcons. And he said he didn't think so, not yet, but he'd see how the week progresses. And it's just like another piece of of this storyline that these Bucks think that they can get these guys back and be ready to make a run. And I want to go some back to something you just said, Andrew. Right now, it would shake out that they would play the Dallas Cowboys. Well, the best the Buccaneers have played this entire season was against the Cowboys probably in week one. It was a huge victory in Dallas. So you want to talk about confidence and why they think that they can do it. They've already done it to the Cowboys once before, so you better believe that this team is on swinging in the right direction and feels like they perhaps could do it again.
6: And that all boils down to is the talent, Sarah. And that's because they've got a ton of talent. And despite their missteps this year and looking disorganized and bad coaching decisions, we saw some of that yesterday as well, right before the half, not calling timeouts. There's still some of that. There's still that hope because you do have Tom Brady at quarterback, the greatest ever. You still have Mike Evans at receiver, a top-tier receiver still. And you have the talent to take advantage of those missteps that you have, unlike some other teams, you say, well, they'll get better at this, get better at that. But if you don't have the talent to do it, you can't improve. The Bucks have that talent. If they bring it all together, start playing consistently, stop making mistakes. You saw what they what their performance that they had yesterday and take advantage of what other teams do inexplicably. The Panthers kept playing man on Mike Evans after playing so great on defense for that stress. Tom Brady and Evans took, took advantage of that. And you'll see more of that if they can just get on the same page, play consistently. You could see more performances like that from Tampa,
3: Andrew. And if the Bucks lose Week 18, Todd Bowles, like, like Sarah said, said he's going to play as many guys as he can for as long as he can. Here, uh, they would go into the playoffs as a as a losing team at eight and nine. We we still could have three losing teams in the playoffs because if Tennessee wins, they win the South with a losing record. Jacksonville could back in even with a loss as the seven seed. Collectively. We have had three teams with losing records ever make the NFL playoffs. The Bucs could be one of three to do it this year and could still win a home game. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Mark.